1: the podcast Welcome back to the Sneakers and Cleats podcast. It's Wednesday, October 11th. Chuck got out of bed somehow recovered from his Arlington adventure yesterday seeing the Rangers clinch.
2: It was a uh, lot of fun. Was it? Yes, yeah, always fun to see a team, you know, do what it did all year and then literally have everybody write them off 2 weeks ago to now Bet online AG has got them as the favorites to win the World Series. It's just crazy how baseball works.
1: It's because you never know who's going to come out of the uh, other ALDS matchup. The Astros needing to clinch tonight. So even though I think we're both hoping that the Astros win just because like a, a, an all Texas, all Lone Star Series would be beautiful. for. It'd be
2: great for baseball in our state, right? It's something we've been praying about for mm, at least four months out of this year to see both of these teams really, really good to be in this position, it would be great to have the ranger fan base against the astros fan base on social media for a week and a half i'm well, all for that plus <laughs> as a fox
1: affiliate i think we're both praying for it so yes. <laughs> that, brother. Amen. Uh, this is our high school hype squad edition of the sneakers cleats podcast it is episode 35 so we'll talk about all the local teams hitting the grid irons of huge 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 matchups this week including reagan and johnson so we'll get to that but first as always we need to get to what we usually do episode 35 who comes to mind, I, I think that uh, Kevin Durant probably owns the number. He's, I'm with you. He's, he's the best. He's probably the best putter of the ball into a basket that I've ever seen in my life. He can score in any way he can in any way that you can even imagine. So I think KD probably owns the number 35.
2: Yeah, I mean, on his way up, I mean, you could make the argument that he was the single greatest, youngest scorer in NBA history. I, yeah. I'm with you on that. And JV is a close second. Right? Yeah,
1: I mean, JV, he's he's fantastic as an astro, and he was great as a Tiger Not a very good Met, but you know, nobody ever really is.
2: Uh (laughs) Nobody's going to remember that he played a second for New York. Yeah. What was it like
1: three months, four months that he (laughs) played for the Mets? Yeah. But uh, Yogi Berra also in consideration. Ricky Henderson okay. also a good one. Yep, that is a good one. But I mean, you can't go wrong with with JV or KD. So, uh, in my for what it's worth, I think Kevin Rand's the best 35 of all time. Even though he played with uh, he played number seven when he was with Brooklyn, which I thought was a little weird. But now back to 35 at the Suns, so it's get every, all is right in the world. So. Uh, high School Hype Squad Edition. So, we're going recapping week seven a little bit, previewing a loaded week eight. We also got our TNL top 10. We got a sub TNL top 10, 1A through 4A. We're going to preview our TNL matchup, which is uh, Judson against Clemens this week. So, got a good one there. We're also going to talk about a little bit of the San Antonio Sports All Star game, who the rosters have now come out. So, as we go through teams, we'll talk about their, their All Stars a little bit um, as we go through. So, let's recap week I have week six down here, but it's week seven uh, to start off. Steel versus New Braunfels we had on TNL last week. A relatively low scoring second half, actually a zero scoring second half. Uh, Both teams kind of had, it was kind of a tale of two halves for both of them. Offense is clicking in the first half, defense is clicking in the second half. Did Steele impress you more, or did New Braunfels impress you more of how they kind of battled back against one of the top teams in our district? I was impressed
2: by both teams. You know, I I didn't know, and I don't think we knew, and I don't know that we ever looked into it, if uh, Leighton Adams was hurt in the second half of that ball game because I really felt like he threw the ball well when he was in there. He did have a couple turnovers, but you are going up against Steele. Steele did impress me. I mean, their D-line, to me, better than advertised, We talked ad nauseum about how great their three wide receivers are. Their quarterback is more than a game manager. He played well. And I think their offensive line really did a good job protecting everybody. And then the Hatton kid at running back, I mean, that's a lot of weaponry that these guys have. Yeah, they were – that was the first time I've watched them all year, obviously, start to finish. And really impressed with Steele overall, despite the fact that I think they got into game management mode a little bit in the second half just to – You know, hey, we got this win. Let's get out of here and get to the
1: next. I think Coach Sines really, he told me at halftime that he was needing to see more out of his defense in the second half. And they have two Vanderbilt uh, commits on that defense. They're stacked all over. I think they were playing a little lackadaisical in the first half. uh, And Leighton Adams and the New Braunfels and the Unicorns offense kind of took advantage of that. Uh second half though, that defense was firing on all cylinders. They were picking up they were turning the ball over or getting turnovers, excuse me, getting sacks. They were all over Leighton in that second half and they weren't really allowing anything on the on the ground either, which is kind of where they were getting gashed. So uh they, they really stepped it up. Even though Chad Warner and that offense kind of took a back seat and I think a little bit were were chalking it up as a win in the second half, got mm-hmm. a little complacent. Um, they're a very, very impressive team and they should be probably running through the district until they get to Judson in a couple of weeks. Right.
2: And I mean, again, new Braunfels, you know, you look at their record and everybody's going to go, Oh, it's a down year for them. I mean, no, they're really good too. They just yeah. had a really hard schedule and just have come up short in a lot of, in all, in every one of their ballgames.
1: Yeah. And, and new Braunfels has a, a lot of great players. They have a lot of all-stars. We, we, I, I was beating the table for another kid to make the all-star. Team. I was beating the table for Layton Adams, but I, I didn't end up winning that argument. But, um they have a lot of good players on that team and coach does a great job over there. So it was a really fun game last week. Harlan almost almost got knocked off by the Soto Cats uh, at Ferris last Friday. Harlan and uh, Sotomayor went to double overtime, 44-38 is the, uh, is the final there. Harlan and their three all-stars that they have at, facing the second year program in Sotomayor barely pull one out against it at Ferris. It was it was a hell of a game.
2: Yeah, I mean, you have to like what these Northwest League teams are right. doing, right? I mean, it's just like when you think, okay, Sotomayor has out kicked its coverage most of the year. They finally come back to earth. Then they show that they can run with the big boys in the league. I mean it just seems like there's so many of these parts of town where you literally are not going to get a cakewalk at all at any point during the course of your district schedule, right? I mean, whether you're talking about with Steele and your Brawls have to go through every week or any, you know, the Brennans, the Harlins of the world. There's always, you know, Reagan Johnson, Go, you can go right down the list. Just always a fist fight. And I'm sorry that I missed that game. It's it hard. Like it's, it was really
1: good. It's hard to go undefeated. Like, I don't yeah. think people realize how difficult it is to not lose a game. Like, Harlan has been the top team in that division probably or district excuse me all season long outside of jay and they beat, they beat brennan they've been running through everybody else we've been kind of waiting for him not to slip up but to have one of those close hard fought games outside of the brennan game and soto just doesn't care who you are they're going to come and punch you in the mouth no matter what under juan morales so seeing harlan win that kind of game and come into now this week I believe they play Holmes this week before they go and they play an undefeated John J team who's on a bye it kind of shows you like what Harlan is all about uh especially this season when they're having their best season at the districts or at the 6A level
2: right and then you're going to play Holmes you know at least you're going to be in a fight there i mean they're going to fight you so It is every single week. And then again, you're talking about high school players growing up in the program. And so how do they handle it? Not only physically, but mentally when you go into these games.
1: Exactly. And I think we feel like we say this every week, but hats off to Juan Morales and and his team over there. I mean, playing Harlan, who is the best team in that division, in that district, in my opinion, um, playing them to basically a standstill. And I was at the game filming as I say to Don or shooting as Don says um, that game at the beginning and they came out and knocked him out right at the beginning It was Jaden Gutierrez on like a 53 yard run and then Noah Ferris comes back over the top and then Soto comes right back scores again and goes up 17 seven I mean it was it was from the very beginning Soto was coming to play and so that was a heck of a matchup uh, last week in Ferris and I'm looking forward to seeing next week our game of the week is probably going to be that Jay Harlan matchup and that's going to be one for the ages.
2: Indeed, it is. I mean, I, I, again, I, I know we talked about this last week, but I mean, is John Jay the biggest high school story in the area this they year? They have
1: to be. I think. I think there's no question that them being seven or no kind of takes everybody by a little bit of surprise.
2: Right. I mean, it's just uh, what a fantastic year, you know. And it's not just the Gutierrez kid at quarterback right. either.
1: They got some dogs. They do. Or some mustangs. <laughs> gotcha uh, Another other game I wanted to talk about, Bernie beat Uvalde 35-14. What Bernie's doing over there right now is insane under Shea Hendricks because they lost their quarterback Jackson Bays week one. And he is, you know, you yeah. know Jackson every He's the all-everything guy. He's he's the all-American kid who's coming out. He's a senior
2: that seems like he's had you exactly. know, five redshirt years. Exactly. Yes. He's,
1: the, he's the Frank Harris of Bernie, yeah. <laughs> you know. Right. And so to have a freshman quarterback, Hank Hedrick, Hank, Hendricks, excuse me, come in, and they lost that first game when they lost Jackson, and then reel off five in a row. Now, sitting pretty to win that district and maybe even getting Jackson back at the end of the season, they're insane up there as to how they've continued to compete, continued to just, you know, next man up, even at the most most important position on the field.
2: It seems like we've been talking about Bernie, right? Every year for the last two or three years, no matter the sport, whether it's girls' basketball, boys' basketball, mm-hmm. baseball in the spring. There's something in the water there, right? I mean, it, it really is next person up in a lot of regards. I mean, you know, and given their classification, I mean, they're wrecking everybody. So you would think, at least from the outside, that they would be able to overcome even the injury to their quarterback. But to do it as quickly as they did with a freshman? That says a lot about what Coach Hendricks has been able to do to pivot with the young man that is his quarterback. I'm assuming it's his son, right? Yeah,
1: I, okay. I believe I believe Hank Hendricks, Shea yes. Hendricks. I think uh, I think that is his son. Um, and it, it's even more impressive. I think, I think we all forget that they made it to the championship game last year. Like, this is a good team that's deep, the lead. that's deep, and they had the lead, and they probably should have won that game. I think all of them will tell you that they should have won that game. That's for sure. But uh, I think we forget that this is a damn good team. And right. when they, when you have them, um, when you, when you lose your quarterback, I think we all might be discounted a little bit, even at all levels. Sure. Like if if, if UCSA loses Frank, we're going to discount the backup. If I don't know who else, who else you want to say, but uh, once you lose that guy and you're not sure about a freshman quarterback, I mean, they prove that they're deep all around, and Hank Hendricks is going to be in good hand, and that seems going to be in good. Good hands under Hank Hendricks over the next couple of years.
2: Yes, there's no doubt. And I think there's a chance, from what I understand, that Bays could come back towards the end of the year. So we'll see how they end up playing that because, you know, do you want to disrupt the apple cart if that's (laughs) what it comes down to?
1: I think they're going to disrupt the apple cart for Jackson Bays. (laughs) Let's get to to the uh, big matchup of the week. So Johnson Reagan is... Probably the biggest game of the year in our area. It's our one team and yeah. our two team in the TNL top ten. They've been, on a, two. they've been on a collision course ever since the start of the season when Johnson beat uh, beat Judson and Reagan pulled off that win week one over Smithson Valley, beating them by three. So uh, I just there's so much you can say about both of these teams. Reagan has allowed 14 points this year um, in in district play. They've—they're coming off three straight shutouts. They just beat your Madison Mavericks 45-0 yeah, on say Saturday. Say on the
2: right if you shut them
1: out. Exactly, and they're a damn good team under Blaine, yeah. Blaine uh, Peterson. So Reagan leads the all-time series 11-4. Reagan won last year's matchup 34-7, but. Uh, Johnson won the year before that. It's two teams that are just, have been on a collision course all year long, and it's going to be a a riveting showdown on Friday.
2: I mean, it's like a little mini Super Bowl here in the 2-1-0, right? I mean, I think we've all been looking forward to this, to settle this once and for all. Who is the best team in town? I mean, I don't even know what you can say about it, right? It's just, let's hurry up and get here, and we, we've been, I know this is all, this game's been in the back of our mind literally since about week two.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So ever since both of them won that week one matchup, we knew that the toughest game, like, not to discount anybody, but the toughest game on their schedule was going to be this week because Ty Hawkins in that uh, jo- Johnson Jaguar offense is a wagon. I think they've scored 262 points this year. In through six games, which is insane. um Reagan's defense is elite, amazing. Like they have three. I'm gonna go through their all stars here in a second. We have three all stars. All of them are on the defensive side, and two of them are backers. I mean, their second and first, their front seven is elite. Like it can't get any better than their front seven. And so you have all of these weapons on the Johnson Johnson Jaguars. And Ty, and Ty Hawkins and King Johnson and Bubba Johnson and everybody else that's on that offense and then you're going up against this immovable object in, in the Reagan defense and it's it's just, it's going to be a matchup of, it's going to be a chess matchup here between Lyndon Hamilton and, and uh, T.P. Miller, it's going to yeah. be great.
2: The irresistible force against the immovable object or however Yeah, was. however that, I always forget the saying. <laughs> I do it, too. It's, or, it's that, you know. It's something – we're in the frequency. But
1: then it's not to discount Reagan's offense because Reagan's offense right. with, with uh, Caleb Cappuccio and Cole Pryor and Brad Jackson, like you had Caleb Cappuccio, who I believe was playing quarterback last year, and now he's moving to receiver because they have another guy, Brad Jackson, who's come in and is just lighting the world on fire And it's just its amazing to watch them every week, and this Friday is going to be even better.
2: Yeah, I mean, turnovers will be the key, right? If you get them, you're probably going to be in good shape.
1: Yeah, and it's two teams that don't really turn the ball over often. I mean, Ty Hawkins has had a little bit of uh, a few mistakes this year, but, I mean, all quarterbacks are in junior. He's a junior quarterback. He started last year as well. Who He's going to make some mistakes. He's he's a gunslinger, but he's also...
0: There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: going to put 60 points on you if you give them the chance. So, um... Let's go over their all-stars real quick. So King Johnson for, John, for the Johnson Jaguars, King Johnson, the wide receiver, uh, linebacker Walker DeHars, and uh, offensive lineman Xavier Wilburn all made the all-star team. I think we were pretty uh, set on that. I mean, that was it wasn't a hard debate when we were in that room on John, the Johnson Jaguars.
2: Right. We'll, we'll give a little intel to the folks at home. So SA Sports does a really nice job of putting down the list of players in their resumes. And, you know, I think with the people in the room, you know, sometimes not everybody has seen all the players that are on the list. Like, you talk about a young man from Lavernia or Pleasanton or name the town, and not everybody has seen him. You're hopeful that maybe one or two people in the room have actually seen the kid play so that you can back up what's on the resume. But, yeah, when the Reagan boys flashed across the screen, it was pretty much... No, yeah. Yeah. Reagan, no Reagan, brainer. Reagan Reagan no Johnson brainer. we were
1: pretty set on. Yeah, and then uh Reagan All-Stars are uh linebacker Jet Thompson, linebacker Leo Bacciesi and defensive lineman I'm going to mess this name up so I'm sorry. Kenetch Ozawalu. Kinech- yeah, that. Ozawalu. So I, uh, I Ozawalu. I'm so, I'm sure he has a nickname that they call him by. But I don't know it, so I'm sorry to the Ozuwalus and and uh, their family. But doesn't it like I feel like these six decisions that we made on these players mm-hmm. between us and the rest of the committee, uh, it w- they were pretty unanimous. Like these are these are all guys that I and you'll you'll hear from T P Miller here in a second about his guys at least um, that there were dudes that. There was no question about their character, about what they represent to their communities, about what they represent to their football team, about how they hold themselves, how, how they carry themselves, their prospects after school. like all They checked all the boxes.
2: Right, and then you add to the fact that, I mean, if you're playing in the league that they're playing in and you literally have a non-conference league schedule or a non-conference schedule that looks like theirs, I mean, that means something. These guys have put skins on the wall against some really, really good, good programs and so you know when you're going through the vetting process of you know if it's this guy or this guy and you know you've played a league and then or a schedule like these guys have played and then stood up and then right. delivered stayed healthy done all those things i mean it's hard to keep them off
1: yeah so congratulations to those six guys uh we did something a little bit different this week um usually i'll have on uh i'll do some interviews with coach soto and and um the uh, the two coaches that are on our TNL matchup, Jared so, Johnson. Yeah, thank you. Uh, his name was escaping me. Um, usually, I'll interview those guys for the podcast today and give them a little bit more highlight. But this week, because that Johnson and Reagan matchup was so large, I reached out to both Lyndon Hamilton and TP Miller to see if we can get interviews. With them Hamilton was a little too busy, but I was able to talk to TP Miller a little earlier today. He gave great insight as to how they're preparing for this game. This, the six or the three guys that he nominated, you know, all that stuff. So let's hear that real quick, and then we'll come right back. Coach, you guys are just a couple of days away from a big district matchup. How's everything How's everything looking today? Today so far,
3: uh, and the guys have been practicing hard. They're they're locked in, laser focused. Uh, been telling them just enjoy the moment, enjoy the opportunities that uh, that's present themselves because they put themselves in a great opportunity to take on a, a good Reagan team. So practice have been going well.
1: Awesome. Yeah, you guys had a little bit of a pour down this morning. How did how did uh, everybody slipping and sliding out there? Are they uh, remaining upright at least?
3: Man, they, everybody was 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 remaining upright, staying off the ground. Uh, it was good to see uh, quarterbacks still spitting the ball in the rain and receivers catching it and, and uh, you know, special teams as well. But it was fun. The guys were, you know, it's like being a kid uh, playing in the rain. So they were having some fun this morning.
1: Coach, when you have such a, a huge, basically de facto title game uh, for you guys, when you're both undefeated, both coming in, and it's, be, it's being heralded as kind of the game of the year in our area, how do, how do you handle that pressure, or does it bring pressure with, along with it at all?
3: I mean, um, we try to put our student-athletes in a uh, certain situation and, and practices where we apply pressure in practice so it comes second nature to them. Um whenever they're in a game and they default back to their training. Um, and so we, we also train our athletes and, and coaches as well, taking one game at a time and, and to um, control our thoughts because that's something that we can control. That is something that we can have um, self-control of. Um, so as much as this is a, a, a big game because it's the next game, uh, we harp on our student-athletes, man, just take it one game at a time treat this game and, and, and treat it like no other and keep everything the same, same routine, same everything that we've been doing since, um, several weeks when we started playing, uh, playing, playing ball in the fall.
1: Is it hard not to look ahead? Cause I know you guys want to go one and zero each week and you want to get one, one, 2% better every, every day. Is it hard not to look ahead on the schedule? Cause you know, kind of what's coming
3: No, as a coach, we have to look ahead. You know, we have to look ahead and we have to plan ahead. Um, uh, and lay out the weeks. Just as a team, we 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 set our short-term goals and long-term goals, um, and we understand that in order to reach those short-term and long-term goals, we have to take it one week at a time. Um, and so, as a coach, uh, us looking ahead, I, I would be lying to you if I said I didn't look ahead. Um, we know how big this game is in regards to as coaches, in regards to uh, you know seating, playoff seating, um, and and all that good stuff. But at the same time. The Johnson Jaguars, they're they're not going to turn their, their their cheek against any opponent. Um, and that's a true testament to our student-athletes and to our, to our coaching staff.
1: Well, last year in your first year there uh, as head coach at Johnson, you guys ended up losing this game. I think it was 34-17. Does it give you any extra motivation? I know you don't need any extra motivation for this mm-hmm. matchup, but does it give you any extra as you come in trying to get a little bit of revenge as well as Reagan having the edge 11-4 to 4 all time over you guys?
3: I think uh, I wouldn't say revenge. I think just learning from, from previous mistakes, learning from it and not forgetting it, um, because there's mistakes that happen in, in ball ballgames uh, from, from coaches' ownership to, to student-athletes' ownership and putting our student-athletes in the best possible situation um, to take on uh, a team like Reagan or to take on a team like Madison or, or Marshall or Lee or Clark or Brandeis, whoever it is, um, and learning from those mistakes because we played those, those same teams last year as well. So we, we evaluate, we look at it, um, and we make sure that uh, we, we learn from it, we don't forget our mistakes, and we grow from it. And so that's the, the mindset on this week with the outcome that we had last year.
1: Coach, I don't want you to reveal any trade secrets here, but defensively, as you go going against Reagan, they are loaded. They got, you know, the quarterback, Brad Jackson. You know everybody. They have Caleb Capuccio running wild, mm-hmm. Cole Pryor going crazy. How are you guys trying to stop their offense, which is shutting out teams and putting up big numbers?
3: Right. Um, you know, there's no secret, man. Uh, yes, for one, just going to laugh, but tackle man with football, right? You know, our, our strength um, as a Jaguar defense is running the ball. We run the ball well. Uh, we have to run the ball, get off, get off blocks, defeat blocks, and we have to play our style of football, which is running around with our hairs, hairs on fire. Um, if one guy misses a tackle, uh, we have three other hats there. That is our strength. That's how we play games. Uh, you know, the games are are are, are, are won by uh, having relentless effort. Uh, common theme that we we preach to our student athletes here is, you know, effort makes up for mistakes. And it does. We wholeheartedly believe that. And um, we have displayed a lot of film uh, to our student athletes where they have uh, 100 percent belief in not only each other, but the coaches as well. And the coaches believe in the student athletes in regards to that um, that pillar in our program.
1: As far as your guys' offense goes, um, first of all, two of the best names in all of all of our area, and Bubba and King, yeah. on out there. And, and contrary to popular belief, I don't think you need to be named Johnson to play a Johnson. But yeah. you guys, you guys have some uh, some great weapons there. And going against a team who I think has won their last three games, one hundred and sixty seven to zero. Mm-hmm. How do you? How do you guys? capitalize using Ty's um, legs and and his arm, trying to get the ball out to King and giving it to Bubba in in space. How do you guys capitalize on your strengths and try and get some points on the board against Reagan?
3: Oh, well, we, we know that uh, Reagan has a great defense. Coach Hamilton does a great, great job. I know he's defensive minded as well. So, you know, his hands in that in on the defense side, but uh, again, um, if we control and do our job, you know, one thing that we stress is blocking to the echo of the whistle, from the offensive line to the perimeter play. Uh, the game has slowed down for Ty uh, in regards to his reads, and that became has become evident in his play as he's progressed from being a receiver on fresh as a freshman on varsity to being a junior uh, quarterback, so he's a three-year letterman. And then you also having Bubba and King uh, that are students of the game and they understand where they need to be at and. and what plays goes with what, and also the offensive line. So um, to answer your question, we we just have to make sure that uh, we're blocked to the echo of the whistle, uh, finding ways to get the ball in space to those guys and um, take what the defense has given us. Because I'm sure the defense is going to have several looks and we have to be be able to capitalize on the looks that they're giving us.
1: Coach, the uh, I wanted to ask you something outside of this game. The All-Star selections came out this week. Um, and I was lucky enough to to be part of the selection committee. And when we were going through everything, we just there's some guys that just pop off the page and, and pop off and, and going through the whole year, doing your guys' highlights and everything, you just see these guys kind of pop off. And you guys have three selections in King Johnson, Walker DeHarse, and and Xavier Wilburn. Can you just tell me a little bit about those guys? Why is it that you nominated them in the first place? And what was what kind of went into your nominations of them?
3: Right, man. And I, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, we have several guys on, on our roster that I wish I could, or we as a staff, could nominate all of them um, and, and put them on the, the lineup and not just have three because I feel like our, we have several all stars on our team. Um, but to, to answer your question, um, those guys, Xavier, King, and Walker, uh, they have, have, have really, really uh, stepped up in their, in their play and leadership role on and off the field. Um, and I know that they're really anxious to play at the next level, but they're just great students, great students with great character. Um, Xavier, uh, he had an interesting story. You know, he played his freshman year, then he decided to take a step back and focus on basketball, then ever uh, – transition as a head coach, we were able to talk to him to come on back out and, you know, everybody's been impressed with his uh, his style of play. He had a really strong summer uh, going to s- several, several camps. Um, then same thing with Walker DeHart. He had a strong uh, work ethic, had a great summer, um, went to several camps. Um, and I can say the same thing about King as well. Uh, great summer, great spring, great work ethic. But the one thing about these three gentlemen, Um, is that um, their character and it's what it means to be a Johnson Jaguar and uh, I'm looking forward to watching them in in the future uh, playing collegiately.
1: Yeah, and just to make sure everyone understands, we only give you guys three nominations. Yeah, so, yeah. like, yeah. we—I know you want to nominate twelve or fifteen or all of your seniors, but like, it's so hard having—you know—I think it's seventy schools that we have to choose from, and then all you guys giving us three, and it's like, you know, if yeah. we if we gave you all fifteen, we'd be there in four days.
3: One hundred percent, and I know there's kind but of, but I just have to say that, you know. Because, yeah, no, you know, I got you. We have a lot of deserving student athletes on our team that they. That, um, and just like any other other coach would feel the same way about his team
1: uh, oh absolutely um, but yeah, yeah and I know I, I know you understand I just want you know yeah, I, we'll make so. sure everybody knows the uh oh. the way we go about selecting these things Of course. um so you guys last couple of questions for you coach I don't want to hold you too long but... No,
3: you're fine my, my watch was going off
1: sorry <laughs> <laughs> no you're good um even no matter what the outcome of this game is your second year in this program um and kind of not—I mean—as a head coach, um, second year there, taking over for Coach Soto, who had a lot of success there. Obviously, you guys had—you know—I don't want to say down year because you still had a good year last year, but you're performing even at a better level this year. Where's where's what's the potential for this program and you over there with the Johnson Jaguars?
3: You know, um, our our vision for our programs here at at, at Johnson High School—not only for football but all sports. Um, our vision, you know, Coach Soto had a a, a, a theme one year and our vision is still that. And that's all eyes on state. You know, we have the potential and we have uh, everything that we need. Resources, the community backing staff, admin backing um, all the way from Blossom Athletics to our staff here on Johnson High School to uh, to make a run for state. You know, that's that's our goal. Uh, but our our number one. Uh, thing that we're always going to push is making sure that we use sports to teach the values of life and the, and, and 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 really build the character from the inside out of every student athlete in our program. Um, and know that we are going to be successful. We won't know if we're successful until three or four years down the line when they have removed out of our program. That is our vision um, in regards to um, our program. But um, You know, along those lines of the football team and the success that we've been having here, um, it's it's it all revolves around you know our staff. Our staff has been been
0: doing a tremendous job. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. You need indeed.
3: Coach Burrow, our offensive coordinator, uh, Coach Garcia, our defensive coordinator. And then from there, I can go on about every single coach on our staff that has been um, devoting their time and, and, and speaking life into our to our athletes here. Um, so it's just not, not not just me. It's it's everybody. Um, and I think that we have um, ID'd uh, the strengths and weaknesses of. This group, the spring, we had spring ball because um, last year we weren't able to have spring ball with the transition. But last year we had last spring, we had spring ball um, and uh, we we're able to ID the strengths and weaknesses and we just hit the ground running from there. Um, and so we're, we're just excited where we're at right now um, and ready to play against Reagan on Friday night.
1: How much does it help you coming in as uh, as the new head coach and being able to have this group of seniors that you have now and group of seniors you had last year, as well as a sophomore quarterback who started last year, junior quarterback now starting for you? How does it help you kind of with the continuity of it and kind of making sure your leadership style is heard by everybody having those vocal seniors to be able to help you kind of get that message across?
3: Right, man, it's all about relationships. Um relationships, building relationships within the student-athletes, um, you know, this senior group um, was the the seniors that when I stepped foot on campus here at Johnson, uh, they were freshmen. So that was my first year here. So I've been able to know uh, these student-athletes for four years, and that's huge, just being, getting to know who they are as a person, not just as a football player, um, understand who, how, and and who and when to talk to certain athletes? Uh, that's huge. That's a huge, uh, huge piece to the puzzle. Um, but as well as the past, you know, you develop. Um, we're not develop a relationship with the seniors from last year, but you take a glance at the team that we had last year that were seniors. Um, they had a tough high school career at the football team that is, um, and I and I say that in the regards to uh, the football program because they went through three head coaches. They went from Coach Ritterman, They went from Coach Soto, and then I transitioned over uh, after Coach Soto left. So that's three three head coaches in, in four years. I mean, that that turnover that doesn't happen often, right? And um, but I tell you what, that group of seniors—they're resilient. Um, we had a senior that was back here this morning to come out for practice, and um, you know, just talking to us about um, where he's at in life. He's serving as an army right now, um, but he just finished his basic training. So it's just. Um, Seen um the student athletes and where they're at in regards to uh, this year four years um, and building that you know family style uh team
1: coach last question for you um if at let's say ten thirty on on friday at heroes you guys are walking off the field victorious and you hear that hear the bell go off and you have more points on the board than the other team what will you what's the Top two things you'll be attributing that win to:
3: student athletes um, and our and our coaching staff. You know they they go to work, um, and and those are the two uh, groups that that they believe in each other um, and they trust each other. And it's going to come down to making sure that each athlete is loving each other as well, loving the process, loving each other, um, and taking care of each other's back and having each other's back that's what, that's what I'll be contributing to the win too.
1: I can't wait for Friday, <laughs> Friday, Friday, Friday. We got to get through uh, the rest of the week first, but Friday is going to be great. Yes. Uh, let's go to our TNL top 10. We're not going to spend too much time on Reagan or Johnson. Cause we just talked about them for 10 right. minutes. So we're going to skip through one and two, which are Reagan and Johnson in that order, both six and O both four and O in district. One of them is going to be getting a loss on Friday. Unless is there any ties in high school football? Do they ever do a tie? I think you just go in overtime until you get it done, right?
2: I don't know. You ambushed me on that one. I don't, I, I don't know. Like I just don't know. Is there such a thing as 10 rounds? I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know that they would let it go that deep.
0: 10 overtimes. There, there,
2: there are some rules about, you know, if a game is delayed, you know, they don't let it start till a certain time. So. Yeah, or you can't I go too long. I would imagine that. You know, you're not going to play in perpetuity.
1: Man, <laughs> They're going to so. play well, not until, someone, until someone doesn't walk but off the field. that's just a guess, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, hopefully, uh, ties are so unsatisfying anyway. So there will be yes. a winner, and it will be uh, a, a great game, as we've discussed. So yes. number three, uh, Steel, they don't move uh, on this list. They're still number three. They're 5-1 one overall, 1-0 one oh in district. They defeated New Braunfels last week. Jalen Cooper caught his 12th touchdown of the season, which leads all of our area teams. This past week so good job for the junior jalen cooper their next game is going to be against san marcus 7:30 30 uh, p.m on tnl or excuse me not on tnl on friday at lenhoff um, congratulations real quick to the steel uh all-stars they have all linemen as you would imagine at a school like steel they're going to give you some d-line and o-line that are got some skins on the wall as you like to say there chuck right so Abden. Uh, Mata, he's got a couple of D2 offers, one of them from Colorado Mesa. And as a Fort Lewis alum, I got to tell everybody, don't go to Colorado Mesa, guys. You know, you don't want to be in Grand Junction. You you don't want to play against Fort Lewis. It's okay. You don't have to go there. Um, They also have offensive lineman Devin Nixon, several D3 offers for him. And then D-lineman Jacob King, also making the all-star team. There. He'll probably be all district this year, so all very deserving from them. We've talked about Harlan a little bit. They're 7-0 now, 5-0 and in district. They beat Sotomayor 44-38 in double overtime. Best start as a 6A program for them in the last four years. And, uh, not enough can be said about Coach Eddie over there and his uh, Harlan Hawks. No
2: question about it. I mean, I think they learned a lot about themselves, right, from that early season victory over Brennan. And I think that's really propelled them and their confidence going forward as they've moved through the
1: season. Absolutely. And their all-stars are, uh, quarterback Noah Ferris. He's got some private school offers. Dude's electric. He's got a cannon for an arm. He, uh, Whenever you don't know if he's going to throw it deep, just assume that he's going to. And I I always keep panning the camera over whenever I'm shooting any of their games because I'm just like, it's going to win deep. Here we go. Uh, (laughs) Offensive lineman Miguel Carzales Jr. He's got offers from Colorado Mesa, A&M Kingsville, and Trinity. And then their third all-star was linebacker Elijah Walton. He's committed to Army already. He's also got several FBS offers according to Coach Coach Salas. So um, Harlan, obviously, one of the top teams and got three Three guys yeah. into our All Star game. So.
2: Yeah, I think Elijah was the best kid we saw all year, right? Yeah, I mean, oh absolutely. On TNL, he's so
1: good. Yeah, <laughs> he's just like when you don't know, you know. Did you see that clip this week? You might not have seen it from uh, the Cowboys and um, 49ers game where Ed War- or Fred Warner he covers the he covers the uh, mesh and then he stops the pass from going and then he jumps up so Dak can't get the throw off and then he sacks Dak. That's what Elijah. That's what oh, yeah. Elijah looks like. He's just an all boys. everything guy. Yes. He just sticks off the screen. So, uh, fifth in our TNL top ten is Smithson Valley. They're five and one, three and zero oh in district right now. They defeated Kyle Lemon, uh forty two to seven. Their senior receiver and future Longhorn, Freddie Debose, had five catches, one hundred forty one yards, and a touchdown. Their next game going to be versus MacArthur at seven p.m. at Ranger Stadium. And uh, real quick, congratulations to their. All stars as well. They have an athlete, Jackson Duffy. Um athlete is basically a guy who's goes multiple positions. He's Swiss the best, Army knife. Yeah, best player on the field pretty much. Right. So uh he's got some FCS interest. Uh number two for them was inside linebacker and defensive end Jackson Maynard. He's got some D three interest as well. But you know that uh coach up there is always beating the drum for his guys.
2: Right. I mean and aptly yeah. so because I don't think he speaks, you know. Out of one side of his mouth, he's he knows what pros look like. He knows what college players look like. Look at Trey Moore, right? Or you know, name the guy. Yeah, right. Trayvon Merrick playing with the Raiders, and he's had a couple players that have had long careers. He's got who's the 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 uh, the Gibbons kid playing for the Titans? Who was you know a practice squad guy with them, and now playing linebacker for. I mean, again, he knows what these guys look like. And Gibbons was a guy that. You know bounced around all over the country went his senior year to play at minnesota so he'd get more eyes on him and then again ends up in the nfl i think you know if larry hill says he's a good player and a good student and a good dude i'm gonna tend to listen to what he has to say because i trust larry he's called his shot more often than not <laughs> yeah that's I for tr- sure
1: i trust coach larry hill that's for sure uh, Number six is Alamo Heights. They're 6-0, 5-0 in district. They defeated Jefferson, who's a pretty good Jefferson team and good Jefferson offense. They shut them out last week, 50-0. to uh, Next game is a battle of undefeated teams. They play Harlandale this Friday at Harlandale Stadium. Harlandale still undefeated technically. Yeah, because because of the veterans memorial uh win that was vacated i guess
2: right but i mean even so like had that loss counted i mean again we haven't given them enough hype for the season they had i mean i know everybody likes their quarterback i know i love the linebacker i mean the running back's really good, too. I mean, they've got some players. We had them on TNL. Yeah,
1: we had them on TNL. Uh, that's the game that was vacated against uh, uh, Ventions Memorial. They right. lost that game, but technically they won that game. You so say they're undefeated in the district either way. Yeah. Actually, Harlandale is our 10th team in the TNL Top 10, jumping ahead a little bit. So congratulations to uh, them for having this great of a year so far. And this should actually be Alamo Heights' biggest test of the season, uh, without question. So I, yeah,
2: yeah, I think you're right.
1: <clears throat> yeah, I mean, they beat... Amonte Carter and Jeff, who's having a kind of a renaissance year. Amonte Carter also an all-star this year, so congratulations to him. Um, but Harlandale, Jacob Sacedo, excuse me, as the quarterback who you love, he really made an impression on you that yes. first year, or that first game, huh?
2: Yeah, he likes to sling it, and uh, he's, you know, athletic, and he just looks the part. You know, I think early on, maybe he was taking some chances, but, you know, I think that's part of the evolution of – playing the spot, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the Almo Heights All-Star, they just have one. It's linebacker Will Broderick. He's got an offer from Trinity so far, so congratulations to him making the All-Star game. Let's get to John Jay. They're the seventh team in our team in all top 10. They're 7-0, 5-0 in district. They defeated Holmes last week, 53-27. to They're on a bye now. This is the best start for John Jay since tw- 2003 when they started 9-0. And their next game, off a bye, against Harlan. So it's going to be a hell of a matchup next week. Amen. Uh, their next three after that to close out the season, Harlan, Taft, Brendan. So we're going to find out exactly who the Mustangs are in the next three weeks. Uh, congratulations to their all-stars, Jackson Gutierrez. He's the coach's son. Everyone talks about him. He's probably the best quarterback, if not – he's probably the top three quarterback in our area, if not the best quarterback in our area. Right. Uh, he's already committed to Navy, so congratulations to him on that. And then they also have their defensive back, Diego Quino's, uh several D3 offers for him. Uh, the eighth team in our TNL Top 10 is Bernie Champion. They are 6-0, 3-0 in district. They defeated Seguin last week, 52-19. Best start for this program since 2014 when they went 11-1 that season. Bernie Champion under Blaine Ellis is a wagon.
2: They they really kind of, in the game we had them, and you know, I know they won some close games, They, they and they were winning as they were going, but... They're fascinating that they find ways, and I think, you know, they were trying to find out who they were as a football team, and they found out pretty quickly that they're good, and they know that Bully's a really good player on both sides of the ball. And I just think it's fascinating to see some of these teams that maybe you kind of had in the back of your mind at the beginning of the year, and then all of a sudden they kind of grow up before you, and you get a chance to say, hey, these guys might be pretty darn good when it's all said and done. I mean, they've... They found a way, I know I was, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to one of the parents and they said, yeah, we just don't think we're 5-0 good, well, you're not 6-0 good, you're not and 7-0 good. Well, You don't, and I think that's a good place to be, right? Right. We're winning, we're undefeated, but we don't really feel like we are, so you gotta go out and earn it every week, and they have.
1: And they have, absolutely. I mean, their quarterback Jordan Ballen is quite literally balling out. I mean, they have Gage Goldberg, they have Sawyer Bully, they got a lot of players on this team that one, we have in the All-Star game, so you know they're really good and they're really talented, but two, they just don't care. You know, they just go out and play, and if the final score has them winning, they win, and they want to win. I'm, I don't mean they don't care about the game, but they don't care what people think. Right? They don't give a crap if you think that the other Bernie is better, Right? or if they're the, the new kid on the block, they just want to go out and play football, and they go out and ball out, and they end up with more points on the scoreboard more often I, than not i
2: think that's well said i mean in the game we had against canyon i mean canyon looked like they had their number the entire first yep. half and i mean to rally like they did to come back and win that game and then really flip that game some way somehow i sure did not see that at halftime when the bands were playing
1: absolutely so the next game they have is wagner uh, 7 p.m friday at rutledge and they also have three all-stars we talked about gage goldberg a little bit he's got a preferred walk-on spot to alabama and duke so he's a Heck of a player, uh, the WWE Superstars' son, Gage Goldberg, but he's making his he's making a name for himself, not just right as uh, Goldberg's son, but as a hell of a football player.
2: Yeah, and I think the coaching staff too, you know, made it abundantly clear that, you know, they're giving Gage Goldberg a lot as a staff, and obviously the kid has earned everything that he's ever gotten, getting on the field. But oh, yeah. that Gage is in an environment at home too, where It's friendly to football. I mean, the old man was a hell of a football player. Yeah, he's a hell of a dude, too. Amen. So, So, I mean, again, there's none of this, you know, you would think it's going to be all this bravado and brashness. And it's really not. It's just good old down home Texas family and Texas football family at that.
1: Yep. They also.
0: Okay, it's time to commit. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte.
1: I have a couple other all-stars. Sawyer Bully, who was our TNL player of the game when we had him uh, that week up in Bernie. He's got a couple offers from SDSU, San Diego State, and BYU. So he's uh, going to be in our All-Star game as well. And then they also have guard Kieran Gar- Garris, Excuse me if I pronounced that wrong. He's got some D3 interest as well. So our ninth team is set from Southside, six and one, five and zero in district. They defeated Laredo Cigaroa, forty-two to seven last week. Their next game is against Southwest Legacy on Friday at Legacy Stadium, seven p.m. They have three All Stars as well. Congratulations to them. It's their athlete Ruben Alaniz, Ruben Alaniz. Excuse me, that is. Uh, coach says he's the best player on the team. So when coach says that about about a team like Southside, we can't really ignore him as they're on their six-game win streak right now. So uh, they also have wide receiver Jeremy Obergeon. Uh He's a NAIA. He has some NAIA offers, and then their defensive tackle Aaron Abrego. It's the all-name team there. I mispronounced all three of them, I'm sure.
2: It's, it's all good. Sure.
1: <laughs> so, he's got several D3 offers as well. And then our last team on the TNL top ten is Harlandale. They defeated Highlands last week. Uh 59 to 6. Like we said, they got Alamo Heights, 7 p.m. Friday at Harlandale Stadium. Congratulations to the Harlandale All-Stars. We, they got two of them, Jacob Sacedo, excuse me, who we talked about a little earlier. Uh he made a huge impression on all of us when we had him on TNL. Yep. And uh, he's been kind of impressing all year. And then we also have running back Zion Molina, who's got some NAIA interest, and he's been uh, pretty much half of their offense this year, besides Jacob.
2: Right. And you know those young men from Southside. I, I bet they're fine young men. They, you know, I, I know how it feels when you get your name butchered. So I wouldn't, wouldn't
1: <laughs> how, do, how, do, people how, how I, do people pronounce Micaninic? How do people pronounce Micaninic? Oh
2: my gosh! I just got Micalinic the other day. So <laughs> that was a new one. I hadn't, I hadn't heard that one. That was a good one. When, when was that? It Wasn't? Oh, that was a that
1: was a TNL. Yeah, the the PA announcer called you Michaelinik. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Look, I know it's a mouthful. So, and and hats off to Southside, right? I mean, that's another school that we just go to sleep on. But every year, you know, again, you're going to be in a fight with them, and they just they win more than they lose, and I, that's the name of the game.
1: Yep, let's get to our uh, sub TNL top ten, which is in this order: one, Quero, six and zero; two, Bernie, five and one; three, Jurdenton, six and zero; Randolph. Is four. They're seven and oh. Five is Bandera. They're five and one. Six is Poth. They're five and one. Seven is Davenport. They're four and two. Eight is Lavernia. They're four and two. Hondo is nine. They're five and one. And Navarro is ten and they are four and two. So let's talk briefly just real quick about our TNL game of the week. It is Judson. It is Clemens in this district matchup. Mark Soto always going to have his team ready. They're four and two. They've had a really tough, uh, out of conference schedule, as they usually do over at Judson. I feel like Mark Soto just goes into it. He's like, "All right, let's play some beasts, and then let's go run through our district when we can."
2: Right. The district is very tough, though. Too. Clemens has got some dudes as well. I mean, they. I mean, they really, really do. And <laughs> not even talking about their special special teamers. Right?
1: Yeah, I was going to mean... get to them in a second. <laughs> their special Clemens special teams might be the best in Texas. <laughs> They have uh, two of their all stars are so that each team has three all stars. Clemens are punter Caden Turner, who has offers from UTSA, Duke, and Air Force, and then you have uh, kicker Ethan Brumgard, who's g- committed to Air Force and has other D1 offers as well. And uh, you just can't you can't get better than that. No, so.
2: Oh, man, Jared Johnston told me a funny story this week about Caden Turner, who's also an electric wide receiver. We're going to see him this week. But apparently he was on the freshman B team, if I know the story correctly, and their first punt on the freshman B team went like five yards. And so, you know, Jared's watching this game. He's like, "Ah, we got to go find a punter. I mean, this is unacceptable. So he goes to the whole team and goes, hey, we need a punter. Can anybody punt? And some kid goes, hey, I think Caden Turner plays soccer. And he goes, can you punt the ball, sir? I mean, kid, you know, and he's like, I don't know, sir. I've never kicked a football in my life. Well, he kicked a football, I think, 50 yards. the first time he ever punted a <laughs> football. And... <laughs> I guess Turner said to his coach, Coach, am I now the B team punter? He goes, No, son, you're the varsity punter.
1: So
2: a star is born. But again, he's a hell
1: hell of a story. That's a great story. That's a good story. Uh, Oh man. I mean, you need a good punter these days, man.
2: Yeah. You need one that's super athletic. I mean, this kid's tall, he's 190 pounds, he's got good speed, he's got good hands, and you know, you need an athlete that can punt. The, those are the best ones. I mean, I mean get
1: that, some fakes in there.
2: Yeah, that I saw that Daniel Carlson, uh, the, yeah. the Raiders kicker at the, at the Cowboy last preseason game. I'm like, who is that? I'm like, that's their kicker. Like, you got to be kidding
1: it's me. Built man. like a linebacker. Oh man.
2: man, just long and athletic looking and built. It's like you got to be. You know, the game has changed.
1: They're right? athletes too, Chuck. They
2: are. They weren't always, but they are <laughs> They weren't always. They were smoking right. cigarettes
1: on the sidelines right. during practice. Right. Amen. <laughs> uh, the they're third all-star for clemens is uh not to be slept on either right uh safety paul menke jr he's got offers from notre dame stanford and washington
2: yeah and uh his dad was a hell of a player too his dad was the uh backup quarterback at washington state behind ryan leaf he also played tight end at washington really and he played basketball so yeah acorn doesn't fall far from the tree and I think he's committed, but I have that in my notes. Maybe we'll get to that. This is why. This is why
1: I need you, Chuck. You have such, you know, all these, all these little nuggets and all these pieces of information. Dude, you had way
2: more than I had on a lot of those teams. So I, I that's, I, I think the value, as you're finding out too, right? If you can, if th- these coaches are so sweet to talk to us for 15 minutes, if you, you know, you decide you need to talk to them because you've got a game coming up or because you have interest in a game coming up, the fact that they share these stories and all the things that are good about their program and what's going on at their school. That's good. I mean, it's hard not to enjoy what we're doing week to week with this.
1: Absolutely. Let's get to the Judson all-stars real quick. So they have uh, left, excuse me, linebacker, Jaden Haygood. He's got offers from Mississippi Valley and Texas Southern. They got their running back, Nathaniel Stanley. He's committed to air force as well. Soto said he is including everybody the hardest worker in this area bar none. So that's a quite a thing to say about any kid, let alone your running back, let alone a kid on your team. And I know coaches are always gonna talk good about their players and you, they, you'll never hear them talk badly about somebody on their varsity team or on any of their teams. However, to say that he's the hardest worker in the San Antonio area is something to be said about Nathaniel Stanley.
2: I think so too. And what I found over the years is that the coaches Well, if they really are talking up their guys, they really like those guys. And then they won't say anything bad about their kids, but they also won't talk about them either. So, you know, I think when the coach does tell you that, it it does. It resonates and it makes an impression that because these guys are putting their name behind what they're saying.
1: Exactly. It's kind of like when you're when you're being coached or when you're playing, a coach will tell you, like, if I'm not coaching you anymore, it's because they've given up on you. When a coach doesn't say anything about a player, it's because it's like. He doesn't want to say anything bad, but he doesn't really have that much good to say. But when he's raving about somebody, it's because there's something to be raved about, you know? And so it's it's a decent way to tell who the guys are, who the Joes are, and who the pros are, you know? Amen, and then the last uh, Judson guy is Zacchaeus Thomas. He's a D lineman. He's got offers from Colorado Mesa. Uh, don't go there, man. Go to another school. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need we don't need any more guys Jeremy, to call out on so okay look, no, i'm just can, kidding go anywhere Rick, you can
2: right go somewhere that wants you because man this transfer portal thing i mean yeah. I'm, we're hearing stories week after week right that the colleges now are going to vet the portal first before they offer the yeah. high school kids so these high school kids are really behind the eight ball if you can find a place that's going to offer you i mean i don't know how you don't yeah. take it i mean it it's hard Pickens out there.
1: I say I say that all jo- like completely jokingly. Go where you're wanted. I only right. say that because I went to Fort Lewis and uh, with their arrival, Colorado Mesa's arrival of ours. Not really a rival. Like they beat our ass all the time. So
2: <laughs> it's Please only a double. rival. It,
1: yes, it's, it's only a rival in name. There's no rival between a hammer and a nail. So, <laughs> but anyway, TNL is going to be a great game. We're we're actually really excited. This you know, is back to back. Uh, District matchup in that district than that team that district that only has six teams. We're gonna have four of them on TNL in back to back weeks. So uh, you nice. know,
2: Judson Clemens, man, they've played some barn burners over the years. I know, you know, Clemens, you know, felt like they had them last year. They they felt like they had an onside kick. They were down seven late and things didn't quite go their way. So I, I mean, you just never know what's gonna happen in this game because both of these teams have studs everywhere. Yeah, and
1: you know when you're getting Coach Johnson against Coach Soto, it's gonna be a good matchup. So amen. Uh, I think that's all we got for you. So we got a lot of uh, football yeah, this, coming this weekend. We got a lot of baseball coming this weekend. We got Wemby's preseason debut uh, at home on Friday. We got a lot of stuff to talk about on Friday. So I think it'll be either David Chancellor and I or Zach and I on Friday. Um, that is it for the High School Hype Squad edition of the Sneasure Cleats podcast. We'll be back on Friday. Quick reminder, you can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. The YouTube version has some video elements. You'll be able to see Coach T.P. Miller and all that along the way. Please download, subscribe, rate, review, unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. Give us a five-star rating give some feedback. Feedback is a gift. We will see you right back here at this very table on Friday on the Sneakers Cleats podcast.
3: Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. Like that car riding right your tail.